0: Hey dads, Mark here. We understand that with the shorter format of our program, sometimes the conversations with our guests might leave you wanting to hear a little more. Episode five features Spose, a rapper, author, and a podcaster in his own right. And now I present to you the full conversation. Enjoy.
1: Spose, thank you uh, for having me to your studio. This is interesting. Thank you so much for coming through. uh, I'm always happy to Welcome people into my little space here. Yeah, it's very, it's comfortable. It's, uh, it, it is uh, welcoming. Nice. Those are great adjectives. Yeah. And if this conversation sounds anything like your podcast, it's going to, it's going to sound awesome. It should be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. So what I want to explore with you today is, is what draws our kids to certain music? Um, and I'm talking before they get to an age where they're discovering music on their own. So I I think in most cases, it's kind of self-explanatory. So they watch the same movies or shows every day. I know that my daughters, you know, will watch the same movie, you know, as soon as the movie ends, they'll start it over and any music in that movie, obviously they're getting exposed to multiple times and that stuff just gets stuck in your head. And Mm -hmm. then you have this emotional association and this, the visuals that are associated with it. And so of course that music is going to just become ingrained in them and they're going to want to hear it. But, what I think you might bring, you know, shed some interesting light on as, um, an artist, a producer and somebody who under- understands marketing in general is, is a different scenario. Um, my daughters are six and three and there are times where they will see a movie like once have one instance of exposure to a song and that's all they want to hear for a week and a half two weeks a month yeah exactly I certainly relate to that how does that happen when it's not something that they're getting hit with multiple times and becomes ingrained and you know in their brains it's one exposure and the song just grips them i
0: think especially in in regards to what you're talking about with movies i think there's something about being hooked into a story and so when this song happens and for example a big movie like with our kids because we have the disney channel was uh descendants yeah which is a movie i you ever seen descendants nope, so but I'm i've aware of it. seen descendants one two and three which just came out this summer descent i remember descendants three came out and then Um, I came home from tour and we went on a little like lake house vacation for a couple days. And all the whole time we were there, all they wanted to hear was the songs from Descendants three, which they'd only seen once, you know, before we left. And they must have watched it on TV at the camp a few times. And 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 I think something about being pulled into the story. So you care about the characters. So when they sing this song, it hits extra hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I I remember even seeing Frozen, the movie, the first time before it really. I think I saw it like the second day it was out, like because it wasn't like a surefire number one hit you, when it first came. Like the before it came out, we didn't know what to expect. It was after like the first weekend, everybody was like, "Oh, this movie Frozen's crazy," and so I remember watching it and the turning to my wife in the middle of it and being like. These songs are really good. So you, you, sorry, so just to pause us. You got four kids. Yeah, I got four kids. What? Did it tell me their ages. Uh, so our oldest is a our ten year old girl was yeah. our first. We had her for five years alone. You know, just her and us. And then we have a, a six year old. She just turned six. Six year old girls in kindergarten. And then we have twins who are four, a boy and a girl. Holy shit! So, man, so you're mean, right
1: in the thick of it
0: every day. Yeah, every day. Um, You know and they've been sick a little bit lately so it's been as an entrepreneur who can call out of work multiple (laughs) weeks in a row it's been rough for me Uh, just just finding time to do work wise you know so um but yeah having four kids is definitely daunting but to tie it back into what we're talking about i mean it pulls like one of them will hear a song and they'll i don't know do you have alexa in your house I don't. So we have an Alexa. Alexa has transformed music listening in our house because we talk about like if when you or me were kids, if we wanted to hear a song, it either had to be on the radio or we had to go get our parents to purchase the tape. And then we'd only have that song and we'd we could never hear something. You'd need to, like, know how to spell it. You know, like right. my there kids wasn't... don't need to know how to spell. My our four year olds, our twins, when they were two, were telling Alexa, "Play, you know, this song." You know, in what some, was it? What was it that uh, the
1: two year old wanted to hear?
0: Um, well, actually, they, the a big song for my twins was um, uh, one of my songs, "Knocking on Wood." Always, our son always wanted to hear "Knocking on Wood." Yeah, by by Spose, you know, and and Alexa, and then. Um, uh, they always want I mean, obviously, like Baby Shark was a big one and Peppa Pig soundtrack paid a Peppa Pig soundtrack, you know, and they'd have trouble pronouncing it. So they got to say <laughs> yeah. it like three. times. To- Alexa, stop, you know, and they'd have to say it again. And, uh, you know, and our girl twin uh, has a, her voice is le- she's got like more of a baby voice than anybody. So Alexa has a hard time with her and she's Ugh, Alexa, you know, over and over again. But um, lately, I mean. There's this Korean girl group named Blackpink that I don't know how we came across Blackpink. Maybe on YouTube or something because YouTube, you just press because everything's voice now. So our daughter has all our kids just press the microphone button on Apple TV on YouTube and say, search for Blackpink. And here you go. And they look. Through through all those, but they've been lately. They've been Alexa, play the song's called Do. It's like Do 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 by Black Pink, and Alexa will be like, now playing D D U D U D D U D U by Black Pink, and yeah. so they put on Black Pink, and then they perform in the part of our kitchen, and they Alexa, play that song again, you know, and so they just listen to stuff on repeat until, but they you know they want to take turns, so it's like Lily, our oldest, is very into like cardi b and like yeah. rap rap music now and uh she'll play this but the the younger ones aren't as into it so like they'll dance along and they can't wait to make their next request and alexa um but they where they find these songs you know is movies you know the descendant soundtrack is like a big one for them and our son has like a favorite song that is not our daughter's favorite song you know and they'll you know, just DJ. They basically DJ because you can DJ with your voice now. And I really feel like kids at a, at a younger age can curate their own music better than ever in history. And each one of what's funny is that all our kids will listen to the same, you know, Peppa Pig album or back. We used to really be into the Wiggles, you know, mm-hmm. but each kid would have their own song they liked the most. So it'd be like Daisy would like, you know, this one Peppa Pig song and then Cal wanted the Jolly Pirate song. Yeah. And then, you know, so it's it's funny the little differences between them. But I think having
1: them able to go pick their own music is cool. It's super cool and a little bit uh, terrifying. You know, I think there's a much larger conversation there about just this idea of like um, our kids being able to get any music they want instantly. Just the idea of like, I, I want this and instantly it's served to me. Yes. Which
0: same with information, with with everything.
1: Right, right. Like you were Is saying, I, I remember my my mom got a, a my mom got a new car at one point when I was probably eight years old, nine years old, and we could put in a a, a cassette, an album, and if you you know, I remember specifically it was Billy Joel "River of Dreams" album, and if I want to hear that title track again at the end of the song, there was a button that would take me back. It would it would detect when there was a gap in between songs somehow. Okay, so that was like. That was the first step towards I have some control over this. But, yeah, like you said uh, a few minutes ago, otherwise it was I have to call the radio station and request that and then sit there and wait for and them wait. to play it and record it if I want to hear that again. That's why I think it's wild when people call radio stations and request songs now. Yeah, I don't know. I noticed know. it
0: yesterday. I was Someone could they're calling it. I think part of it is to um, I think part of it is everybody's looking for gratification. You still want to hear your voice on the radio, maybe. Absolutely. As but, a kid, I loved The music that. is, when I was a kid, I'd call in to request a song because I actually wanted to hear it, and there was no other way. I even remember in 1995, I was living at my Grammys with my mom, and uh, there was a ad on TV, or maybe I saw it in a magazine, that there was an 800 number or a 900 number or something, and you call it, and it charges you by the minute, to your phone bill. And I remember giving my mom $10 so I could call this for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and you had to enter in the first three letters using the numbers of like whatever artists you maybe wanted to hear. And then you could hear like a clip of the song, shitty quality over the phone. Yeah. Yeah. So just the, the, the vast, you know, gulf we've, we've covered, you know, in music technology since then is wild that my kids can hear any song they want anytime. CD quality, banging speakers in the kitchen from a
1: robot. Right, and anything less than that is gonna piss them off.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, for example, I'll drive to school, and we have um, in my vehicle. I've got Bluetooth, so like if I have a song, I can play it over the. What is this Bluetooth? Speak of so it is a tooth (laughs) stolen from the Blue Mountain. No Smurf tooth. (laughs) It's one Smurf tooth. And uh, so you know, I have Bluetooth, so the kids will be like, "What did they, What did they want to hear yesterday?" Oh, Imagine Dragons! Our da- Daisy, our girl twin, our youngest yep. by two minutes, wants to hear Imagine Dragons' Thunder all the time. Imagine Drag, play Imagine Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. You know, and so <clears throat> she wants to hear Imagine Dragons all the time. And she was like, P- "Can you play Thunder?" In her little voice and i was like oh we're in mommy's car she doesn't have the bluetooth so i like brought it up on my phone and then put it like in the cup holders so it would sound louder and she's like this is this was not <laughs> this adequate not that for her up. yeah yeah. Was yeah. Like, yeah so they're just spoiled with the greatness of modern technology and music it's really unparalleled unparalleled this this moment i try to you know especially as a musician a lot of us i see a lot of musicians like bitching about
1: the you know the changes or the current state of it i just think it's never been cooler. It, the technology is amazing and I certainly uh, am, am enjoying it, but part of me does want to, you know, uh, have a conversation with my 6-year-old about like how <laughs> how it was so different when I was your age, but she doesn't care. You know Yeah, they care don't care. We could
0: tell them they, my I know my oldest daughter who's our smart like our smartest obviously and our most compassionate and listening would be like Wow!
1: Yeah, you're old. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's too bad. So <laughs> you, know?
1: you gave me a little glimpse into my future of uh, listening to Cardi B and Imagine Dragons. That's the stuff that my daughter is going to be into in another couple years or yep. sooner. Yep. But she's not at an age where she's discovering stuff on her own. She's not at the age where her group of friends is talking about music. It's just what is served to her mm-hmm. in movies and in TV shows that she's watching. Do you listen to the radio with them? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, and and I'm and I've been very weary to get into the Alexa. They they know what Alexa is because they go to their friends' houses and the friends are doing what sure. your kids do and are are making requests and getting mm-hmm. that instant gratification. But my wife and I still try to maintain some control and the the ability to play music that we want to hear or we want to expose them to as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to be a little bit careful. At, at some point, they're both my girls are going to know exactly what to do to get whatever they want for music on, but we're still trying to just maintain what little control we still have over that. Um, All that to say really the music that they are wanting to hear is stuff that they're, that is paired with visuals and story Mm -hmm. from a TV show or movie. And this is songs like uh, my daughter watched secret life of pets. You ever seen that? So Taylor Swift, welcome to New York is this opening record at our home as well. Yeah. So all she wanted to hear was welcome to New York. And then From a different show or movie, she heard Shake It Off.
0: Yeah.
1: All she wanted to hear was Shake It Off. My daughter has no idea that those two songs are on the same album, let alone are even the same person singing. So, what is that
0: movie that has Shake It Off in it? It's the one where the dude's trying to open the theater. The little like sheep dude is his buddy. He's a koala. It's Matthew McConaughey playing the koala.
1: I don't. I can't. I'm it's not called straight. Sing. The oh, movie's called Sing. That's exactly. But that's what Shake it off. That's was exactly in. right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right.
0: Well, and so that also introduces our kids in that same movie. Sing is "I'm Still Standing" by Elton John. Mm-hmm. Which they know they would go to Alexa and be like, Alexa, play "I'm Still Standing" by Joey or whoever the character Johnny or whoever yeah. the character is yeah. in the movie, because they don't know that it's Elton John. There's all these things that they don't. Or for example, there's a uh, the Beatles. You know, "Once There Was a Way." You know, "A Golden Slumbers." I think it is yeah. maybe from Abbey Road, and they don't know that that's a Beatles song. They just know they like that song in the context of the movie, and um, so they'll go request that. Um, but I think one of the things that maybe we're both touching on and maybe yours will expand as the kids grow older, but really our kids are only exposed to the music we expose them to as much as YouTube is there and there's Alexa and there's whatever they can't go request an artist they've never heard of or a band they don't know or a song they don't have a context for. So we have really geared kind of the scope of their influence or the things they're they're familiar with and so for even our oldest daughter you know who who wants to hear cardi b uh money clean version you know it's like <laughs> she you know is what she requests or whatever you know she has an alexa in her room and i remember when i was 10 i had my cd player in my room and i'm in there with the door closed listening to 311 and corn and yeah. like whatever i'm not supposed to whatever green day with the most swears or whatever right and so i really try to relate me at 10 to her at 10 not even though i wanted to be better than me um, you know, that part of being 10 is hearing offensive stuff that your parents aren't supposed to hear. And right. so I try to not like restrict her too much, but she's such a sweet kid that like she listens to the clean version on her own. You know,
1: you but- don't think she's going to a room and going, Alex, I want to hear Cardi B the dirty version. I can hear her. (laughs) I can, our house is
0: small enough that I can hear, like, I don't, I never like remark, but I don't think she's going to turn it off if it accidentally plays the dirty version. But, but even Cardi B is exposed to her through me and my wife. You know, we listen to, uh, a lot of what we listen to in the car is the rap radio station in Maine, Hot Mm 104.7, which didn't exist until, I don't know, 2013, 14. So, We'll listen to Hot 104.7, which is all the clean, safe versions of these rap songs. And she'll find stuff she really likes. And she actually just wrote this paper for class that my wife is her, currently her teacher. Wow. Okay, yeah, cool. My wife's a teacher, and this so happens it's the grade that my wife teaches. And so there she is in her class. And so my wife showed me this paper she wrote the other day. It was like a persuasive writing for fifth grade. And she, it was about how you should give rap music a a chance. And she wrote this whole thing about how you might think rap music, you know, is, is, uh, has bad words. And some people know it has a lot of swears. My pro tip is play the clean version, you know, is what she said. And then she's like, there's three types of rap music. There's soft, hard, and sing rap I my personal preference is hard you know it's like she likes hard so she's excited yeah, she likes well and what she really likes is like cardi B rap, like that that fast kind of flow um and uh she really I don't know she loves that and so I think it's interesting just you know imagine dragons for example it's like they're only gonna hear that because we might hear it on q97.9 or whatever so the radio is one Sphere of influence. YouTube is another sphere of influence because our kids kind of have free reign to click around YouTube. Thankfully, YouTube's algorithm's pretty good that like we only really see these like three or four. You know, we see Peppa Pig full episodes, which I, you know, used to put on at bedtime. And then they'll see um, they like this girl, Mariah Elizabeth, who's like super funny and does crafts. And then they like um, but they like these girls, the check Has, sisters. So there's three sisters who do like almost parodies of songs until they started getting money and making their own songs. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll they'll see that on YouTube and then that'll convert over to Alexa play this song by the hashtag sisters or whatever. And so YouTube's another sphere of influence over their music. Movies and TV, I think, are definitely the is the other one. And then, you know, me and Christy are big music fans. And I will say, I just want to say, there's like two things that revolutionized our household. One of them was our dishwasher because we got to stop arguing about the dishes. Fantastic, science, yeah, saved our life and um, or at least our marriage. You know, <laughs> uh, dishwasher, get along great now. And then Alexa, because I loved music and she loved music, but it was diff. It's not like we had the speaker system in the house, right? Or, you know, we I didn't go set up speakers and do the Bluetooth to go to the, spe- you know, all this stuff. So when we got Alexa, it's like, oh, we got dope speakers because Alexa is a pretty solid speaker um, and we can play the songs we want whenever we want. And so it, was, it really kind of revolutionized music it brought music back into our household, you know, especially with the death of like CDs happening in the early 2010s it really has revolutionized just us even us playing music and art just me and her like when i'm doing the dishes i you know like some of my big dishes albums you know the big dishes not the dishwasher dishes is like i'll throw on um the black parade by my chemical romance is one of my favorites or um you know or whatever and so that's an album i'm throwing on kids might come in there as of yet they don't like my chemical romance but that's a music that's now in their influ- in their sphere of knowledge as though music like this exists
1: yeah i've had a really hard time uh turning my really it's more my older daughter because my mm-hmm. younger daughter's 3 and she does whatever yeah. her big sister and does and your second child cares
0: way less right. you have to say
1: right right I've had a really hard time turning my older daughter onto any music. Cause it's like, if I make a point to say, I really want you to hear this music. Cause I really think you're going to like this song. Mm-hmm. She instantly wants nothing to do with it before she even hears it. Won't give it a chance. So it, it's more like Same. I have to be listening to something and then it catches her ear. I've That's been right. a, a, an enormous Beck fan since mellow gold, you know, mid nineties. Yeah. And I've followed his, his whole career and when my daughter was born, you know, six years ago, I was like, man, cool. I get to like pass this this knowledge and, a, and appreciation of this artist's body of work onto my daughter. She's going to be a Beck fan too. And she wants like nothing to do with it. I'll put on what I think is going to be like the coolest song to her. And she will want to hear Shake It Off instead.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, the, it's the same. You know, it's really hit or miss. And I think back to like my dad. It's like, I don't really, I remember my dad trying to be like, oh, this is, Bad company or this is this. But what really resonated with me as far as my dad was that we drove around listening to WCYY. Mm-hmm. And so we drove around, and that way. I got to pick which songs I loved from WCYY. And obviously he did, too, which songs he liked you know and even later later years he i remember him getting really into like lincoln park or he bought like the puddle of mud album. but oh, these are like funny. later in the or whatever but by then i wasn't into those bands i was kind of drift i was into like the radiohead kid a and i was into at the drive-in and like yeah. more dangerous or left field things than him but that isn't to say that you know, I would have never been into any of that if he hadn't been listening to the Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana and Zach exactly. and, and whatever when exactly. I'm coming up. So so the influence you might you might think it doesn't rub off, but it but it definitely opens the scope that that music, is, you know, it gives. I think it does. It is like frustrating yeah. because I've tried to turn my kid. I'm like, oh, you know, I've almost given up on it, where it's like I'll play my favorite songs and rock out to them and. You can like it or not, you know, is kind of my new policy is like. I think that's what you got to do because yeah.
1: it's, it's it's different than when we were growing up. My parents were listening to, you know, Neil Diamond or Roy Orbison. Yeah. And that is such a different like world of music than what than you know, um, the stuff that the modern the modern yeah, music yeah, of that sure. time. Whereas now the <clears> modern music, the modern pop music of today, I feel like isn't all that different from the the Beck or the Smashing no, Pumpkins. To be honest, rage. It's
0: trying to be the stuff we listen. If you listen to the, I mean, we brought him up earlier, but the the maybe before the podcast, but post Malone is basically an alternative artist, right? Who does rap music, so it's it's like MTV in the '90s as a as an art, distilled into one artist, you know. And I think, um, yeah, I, I don't think the the change from the nineties to now has been as drastic as maybe the seventies to right. the nineties or whatever.
1: But I think you're spot on. You just need to not worry about not worry about forcing encouraging music you like onto your kids. It's more, you can enjoy it. And if they hear it and it catches there, I have, my daughter and I had a, a milestone last weekend cause I was playing the, um, that one of the tracks from the new Beck album at my house, cause it was brand new and you know, yep, I want to hear it, it nice and loud
0: we're on my, on my speaker too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we were, I was listening to the, the last track. It's called everlasting nothing. And, um, and she heard this and she was like, what is this? I love this. And I was nice. like, oh, shit. Are yeah. well, you pulling out Midnight Vultures? Yeah. You're like, "It's you like know. funny you should mention that because <laughs> <laughs> here's and a what, playlist. Once a prepared. Month, you know, for your entire life, I've tried, you know, to, to get, get you, you to like into, this. Yeah.
0: And maybe that unsuccessful attempts is what primed her for this right. moment to like Beck.
1: But I mean, we, we could talk. I could talk with you ju- just about Beck for the next three hours. When I saw you at Beck, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was by myself. Okay. I went by myself. Yeah. I,
0: that's that's the level of Beck fan. That's, that's how much Beck meant to me. I don't need a friend to yeah. validate my Beck. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I'm happy your daughter- Likes the hyperspace. Oh, uh, it album. was uh,
1: yeah. it was thrilling for me that she heard that, not knowing what it was, and was like, "This is cool." Mm. And then because Trick, <laughs> right, and then because I was so excited about that, she started saying, "This is my favorite song," and I was like, nah, "You're you're messing with me yeah. now." You're yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 yeah. She's don't be patronizing. Your, wife, your wife's not your like favorite like song. or her some money. Um, but
0: big thing with um, my wife for some reason like I'm more. I'm more paranoid about my kids hearing swears in music than my wife is. Like, I'm like, beep. And I'm like beeping stuff out yeah. in the car and like, especially my own songs. But like, I'm not going to put on like, you know, a Jay-Z record that I know he's good. Even though Jay-Z is probably my favorite rapper, I'm not going to put on a Jay-Z song that I know he's going to say these swears a bunch of times
1: but my wife is way less concerned about it like doesn't doesn't care almost is it because she thinks that if you don't draw attention to it it's just going to gloss so it's not they're not focused on that she one thinks word. i'm drawing
0: attention to yeah. it is what it is i yeah. think and also i think she i don't know thinks our kids need to be exposed to it somehow like need to like this is the world it's the world yeah. this is the world you're about to go into and i think a little bit was her upbringing was a little sheltered As far as like, I don't think she had like MTV and like stuff like that. And I was very much allowed to hear whatever I want, do whatever I want, go wherever I want. And I don't think she wants them to turn out like me. But I think she also is excited by, you know, she's it's uh, she doesn't want to raise them like her maybe is what it is. So I think there's a little bit of both of us trying not to repeat. What our parents did, maybe.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I guess the best thing you can do is just not not draw attention to it. Yeah. But man, who knows, maybe maybe muting it, you know, yeah, manually. I'm like, is. I'm like we were I, right. I I'm guilty of uh, of coughing or sneezing at a specific moment yeah. occasionally to to, uh, to censor a little bit. But I what I want to kind of tie this back into is just that idea of when an artist and using the example of Taylor Swift, mm. right? My daughter loves two Taylor Swift songs. She doesn't even know they're Taylor Swift. Does an artist like Taylor Swift and the producer that she's working with and anybody who's collaborating on the writing and the musicians that she's bringing into the studio, is there a conversation around what is going to take this thing that we've written and make it more marketable to the masses? And then the sub sort of question is, Are they thinking about kids, you know, under the age of 12 or not? I think my the short answer
0: is that they're not thinking about kids, except in that. Oh, you might not want to say that Mm. something that's too offensive. Like, I think that's the only and those are just boundaries that maybe they don't even associate with kids. They just associate with. Am I going to get this played on the radio?
1: So it's the messaging. It's more about the messaging and the language and less about if we want to make if we want this to be considered for licensing for a kid's movie, we need to have this sound or this hook like every 30 seconds. It's less of a formula. I don't
0: think kids are all that different from adults when it comes to music. So I think the same thing that's going to appeal to you and me is going to is definitely like if it if it can appeal to the adults and be a hit record at radio it's going to appeal to kids i do think there's definitely a consciousness to uh resolving melodies i think there's a definitely a consciousness to chords that create a certain feeling i definitely think there's a consciousness to drum sounds even tempos like that taylor swift shake it off is like Right. Which is tried and true since the, you know, the Ramones or whatever, you know, it's Hey Mickey, that's we're not going to take it by uh, Twisted Sister. You know, these are tried and true things that like, you know, you just take a couple elements that have worked before. There's definitely consciousness to all of that. Um, But I don't know that they're sitting back thinking, oh, the kids will love this. I think they're thinking, will this Will everyone love this? Um, Actually, Kanye West, who's one of, you know, the biggest artists in the world and one of my favorite artists said uh, after he went on tour, after he became this big artist, after his second album, he went out on this big international tour and realized, oh, I'm saying way too much in the verses. It's like they can't sing along with this in Japan.
1: Hmm. So he comes
0: out, you know, his next single after that is Stronger. You know, it's a harder, better, faster, stronger. The Daft Punk song repurposed and the lyrics are way more spread out. And you notice ever since then, you know, that's kind of been his rarely will it be dense. And if it is, it's a record that's not supposed to be played in the stadium. And I think there's just some there's those are the formula. You know, the formula isn't some I think there's definitely. And a big piece of the formula is just looking at what worked, what worked last year and how do I repeat that without sounding derivative. How do I repeat it while sounding like next year? And that's the, the formula, you know, but I think there's a whole nother market, which is people who write songs for kids movies.
1: Yeah. For yeah. example,
0: like, can you imagine the pressure
1: on the writers who are writing for frozen two? You know, I was going to, I was going to bring that up. I haven't so seen that's, it, but, uh, we saw Yeah. So th- that's this husband and wife team. Uh, their names are Robert and Kristen Lopez. They wrote the music for Frozen One. I think they're I, I, I think they husband and wife. I would yeah, imagine. I,
0: I think I saw a little a little a little mini doc about them one time. Yeah.
1: So obviously, you know, great writers. They understand what it's going to take to make music successful in a movie that is designed for kids and make the music resonate. I have no idea if they um, if they had any idea that let it go was going to become the phenomenon that it is but frozen 2 we saw it and before I went into it thinking man this this writing team has a has a lot to live up to yeah they when they learned that there was going to be a frozen 2 they it probably was a mixture of like oh my god this is fantastic and holy shit like intimidation like gotta feel
0: like a band who's like for like the strokes or something right in their second album like oh shit like yeah. that was the best album of like the decade <laughs> now we have to follow that up
1: yeah yeah but we left the theater and literally on the way out my girls were singing the song that you know that they could already recognize was going to be the the, the let it go of Frozen okay. 2 okay. yeah sure. it's called Into the Unknown
0: I've, I've heard into this Into the Unknown yeah. uh, maybe even on Alexa because the soundtrack came out before the movie um and I actually saw there was like a Weezer version of one song. And like I saw a, that too. Okay, yeah. And uh and a Panic at the Disco, which is just smart by cute. Well, Super smart. It, well, in no I actually have a friend who worked on Frozen 2. And um, you know, the people we think, oh, they got Weezer to do this. Of course they did. It's people we grew up just for average people who are kids who are our age, who are computer nerds, who love music, who are now running Disney movies.
1: The ones making the decisions. And of course, they're going to go to
0: what is exciting for them. And what they love when you send an email from Disney... It's a little more exciting than like to the to the artist it's like oh shit I'm about to get mad money tons of publishing and my kids are going to love this yes I will Rivers do this. is yeah. going to
1: open that email and yes. not let it go to exactly. spam Yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah the whole band's like copied on that email stoked you know yeah. Pat's like Let's I suppose
1: go. we'll uh, look into this opportunity oh you
0: you already wrote the song okay cool yeah we'll just I don't know if Rivers wrote that one or what but um but yeah I I think about writing songs for kids movies such a niche market, but such a tough thing. Can you imagine all the songs that get rejected? Well, even if you watch a kid's TV show, like um, there's some phenomenal music in kids' TV shows. Even like not the biggest TV, like uh, 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 Doc McStuffins. Yep. You ever seen this? Hell yeah. So Doc is a doctor. She um, transforms into a doctor and does surgery on her pets and stuff. And um, all the songs in that show, as I looked up, once I watched it, and was like, damn, these songs are really good. They're all written by Kay Hanley from Letters to Cleo, the band from the 90s. She's from Boston, and she writes all those songs. That's,
1: that's got to be another example of this person who is either who, who's writing or the creator or the animator, right, of yes. Dog McStuffins is like, who writes? I great loved Letters, Letters to Cleo growing up. Yeah.
0: Yes. And then um, Bubble Guppies. Yeah. Another show about fish who go to school. Great show. Great show. No. And I was like, damn, these songs are amazing. Who writes these? <laughs> sure enough, Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne. Okay. Another great pop. Great pop writer. Writer. And so it's it's awesome that these great writers might not find a home on Top 40 Radio populated by Post Malone and Ariana Grande, but they can find probably tons of money You know, in a career, writing these, you know, songs about the solar system, songs about, you know, what you do when you get a boo-boo and, like, whatever, and they crush it.
1: Yeah, and we would be uh, remiss to not bring up uh, Chris Ballou from Presidents of the United States of America. Are you aware of his... I am not. Oh, so for the last... I know know
0: Presidents of the United States of America, but...
1: Uh, yeah. So for the last 10, 10 years more, he's been doing kids music and he's got oh, uh, he's got a dozen or so kids albums and it's like president's music, but for kids. kids. Well,
0: as I think back on president's music, I believe the song Lump, the song uh, Kitty and Peaches are pretty much kids songs anyways, without just a little more offensive.
1: I mean, I think if you were to look through the whole president's catalog, save a few, you know, maybe more like offensive I say offensive, you know, they, they, yeah, they, sweater, they were very lighthearted, yeah. but you know, it's all basically if you, if you bring the distortion down a little bit, it's like great for kids. kids. Yeah. So he's doing kids music now and he, you know, tours with it and has multiple, he has a couple Beatles uh, cover albums that oh, are wow. fantastic. And he's got a couple that are like, um, you know, either uh, lullaby themed or he's got a Christmas one, but Damn, I he, didn't know that sometimes it's his, take on like a traditional new take on a traditional yeah. song, but a lot of its original stuff. It's That's really awesome.
0: frigging good. I've got all sorts of thoughts about that as far as like, um, making music with my family and like kids music, but I'll save it for the future.
1: Yeah. Well, you have a kid's book. Yes. I, I actually a
0: gr- grabbed a few to put over there for you. Cause I always oh, forget things, badass. but yeah, I got a couple copies of, uh, Pinecone Pete is not impressed. Uh, my first children's book, um, Got to shout out Steve Gendron who illustrated it. But, um, uh, yeah, I wrote a kid's book to go with my last album. We all got lost because, A, I'm always looking for some sort of marketing trick or something. Something more than, hey, here's my new album. You know, Uh, something that could, especially in Maine where it's very easy to get on the news. Mm -hmm. You know, something that's like newsworthy. So I wanted to do that, A. B. I just loved using InDesign back in high school and stuff. And so and PageMaker before that. And I wanted to do that. And then also, I thought I thought the challenge of writing a children's book would be something I could easily knock out of the park. Turns out it's way harder than I thought to say so much and so little. You know, I learned a lot from it, made my money back and I'll probably do another one
1: sometime unattached to my music. That's a, a great creative challenge though, figuring out how to say what you want in, but you're, you know, it's, it's similar for me in creating TV spots that are 30 seconds long. It's mm-hmm. like, you've got this awesome creative and now you got to figure out how the hell am I going to condense it to 30 seconds?
0: It's crazy. So commercials are wild. Cause it's like, you'll see, and you, you'll you notice it even as the consumer as someone who doesn't edit video or, or you, you'll see a long version of a commercial and then you'll see it condensed to the short one. You're like, damn, that was actually a, they cut out a lot to, yeah. to get that. And, and yeah. sometimes I know even I've edited stuff before, even done radio commercials. It's not easy to condense shit to 30 seconds to say 15 seconds to say all this stuff you need to say.
1: It's um, a, it's a good challenge, but, um, but if I just can take a, a second before we wrap here to, to give you props or to gush a little bit, I mean, y- you wrote a kid's book, man. Yeah, thank I, I, you. I have always admired. So I think that, you know, uh, I've sort of followed the trajectory of your career a little bit when you were recording stuff in your house on a, you know, Tascam four track. I was doing a lot of that same stuff at the same time. And then to see you go from spin out to the success, you know, that you had with I'm awesome to sort of where that whole thing took you. You've just like created opportunities along the way. And, um, you know, it's not just, you're not just a musical artist, you know, you're not just a rapper, like you produce other people. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but I've also seen like you have, you understand marketing, like you can do some graphic design, you understand video, you understand storytelling. And I think that that, it must be advantageous to have all of these peripheral skill sets. Thank you so much for the kind
0: words. I, um, I always tell people that, this is a weird way to put it, but like my nerd skills are the only way I was able to pull off a rap career. If I couldn't have, you know, I never, I've never put out an album and I've put out maybe 14 physical CDs over the past, 12 years that I did not lay out myself in Photoshop that I did not save a PDF or a PSD file that I did not personally upload to Dropbox. I did not, you know, I'm, I'm sending stems of logic sessions. I'm, you know, like I said, using InDesign, I have, you know, final cut pro on here. I've got, uh, you know, I've been trying to teach myself, um, after effects, you know, and I think beyond you know, my skill set I came in with, which was kind of Photoshop and websites and music. Um, I've tried to expand constantly and I and I look to do that until I die, you know, to try to gain more knowledge, um, because I think, you know, the more I can learn, the better suited I am to, you know, help my music career. A, but like um, to be able to be the the final voice I don't have to debate what the album name is going to be with the drummer and the bassist you know is is nice well, you've always
1: been one step ahead, right? So whether it's your app, uh, just the ways that you um, deliver music and connect with your fans, your kids' book, you're you're always thinking one step ahead. So thanks. It you will know, present itself. Congratulations! Thanks for talking about kids' stuff and music, and uh, I wish you you know much success and uh, and and health to your uh, family too. Thanks, man, and same to your
0: family, and and good luck with the podcast. I've loved the episodes I've heard so far, and I'm honored to be on it. And uh, Happy to uh, follow the dads on through the next uh, couple
1: years. All right. Thanks, Boz. Dads, we have a cool announcement for you. So on March 7th, Mark and I are going to be representing Modern Dadhood at a 30th anniversary screening of the first live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. It's going to be taking place at 3S Art Space here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire.
0: Yeah, not only are we so stoked for the movie because it's completely badass, but Adam and I are also moderating an interview slash Q&A with one of the original Turtles comic artists,
1: Steve Levine. If you live in the Northeast, you can grab tickets at 3sarts.org. And if you don't, we'll film the Q&A and make it available for you guys after.